Welcome back to another episode of NBA at the Bar with your host, T.A. and G. Money, bringing you all the highlights, talking mess, and all the bullshit you shouldn't have missed. What's up, everybody? This is NBA at the Bar brought to you by ATB Media Network. I'm your host. I'm T.A. And this is G Money. And we are here to talk about some NBA action, baby. And let me tell you something. As we get involved into this new season, it is so exciting because we got a lot of stuff happening. This NBA season ain't like last year's NBA season. And plus, we sit over here and have a whole new component, which we're going to talk about. And that's the in-season tournament, the NBA Cup. And we're going to talk about that as well. But, but before we get started, I want to sit over here and all of our new followers, please like, subscribe, download. Yes. Do all the things that you need to do to help us because, you know, I promise you this. We're giving you everything we got. And with that being said... We over here drinking today. Hey, and like we do all these times. Okay? <laughs> so what are you drinking on? I'm drinking one of the Kangs, okay? <laughs> uh, what is this? King, King Robert, I think. King Robert, King yes. Robert. I'm on, I'm on King Robert the second. How many of y'all have had some King Robert? Get your King Robert gang up. Yeah, man. And I'm drinking on some AKB Yak. And let me tell you something. It's award-winning. It's nice and smooth. I absolutely love it. And so... We're going to be on one today. I do want to sit over here and get started on the very first topic. Okay. And that very first topic is... That very first topic, I would say, is probably Philly. Because you got Embiid and you got Maxi. And let me tell you something. I don't know about you, but I did not perceive that Philly was going to do the same level of game that they did last year with Harden. I didn't think they were going to be the same team. But what we're seeing is, is this is a team that's performing... Better without Harden yes. than they did with Harden because Absolutely. guess what? Players are stepping up like Maxi. So you please tell me what are your thoughts on 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 the Sixers as they sit over and lead the Eastern Com- Conference Finals in this early part of the season? I mean, look, you said it. Look, they're seven and one. Shoot, it made me take a sip on them. I'm gonna <laughs> take a sip on them. Yeah, me too, Church. Ching ching. <laughs> what I would say is okay. The thing that is seems to be very uh, liberating uh, that from that trade that has happened with this team is, uh, you know, Embiid is doing what Embiid is has done as a as a reigning MVP and he's playing at an MVP level. Uh, yes, Maxi, we saw it last year. Maxi is a stud; he's a star. His uh, his level of efficiency is starting to really just shine through mm-hmm. to a, a really uh, uh, an impressive level. But then I actually got to give a little bit of love to it's kind of like um, through the subtraction of Harden, you have guys that through their little silent acquisitions like Oubre. You know, Mm -hmm. Oubre has been a journeyman, but he's always been a guy who could get buckets Mm -hmm. and he's coming in and he's providing that little bit of punch for them. So you don't miss what Harden did offensively, even though, yes, he led the league in in, in assists and (laughs) He was very he made them very efficient, but they're not really missing a beat. And they have some younger legs now Mm -hmm. that can still play the defense at a high level. But they're not missing anything offensively because of the display of talent that you're seeing with those guys. It's just it's impressive. You know, that's what I love about the NBA is that that there's always a breath of young talent, a, a young crop. 
that is coming and that is awaiting for their opportunity. And with Harden, when you get these kind of older players that are kind of living off their cachet from the previous their previous successes, they kind of hold young players down. But what happens is, is the NBA is such a, um, I don't want to say a volatile or tur- or, or a turbulent uh, league. Oh, look but at what you, you do. Turbulent. Is, that's, we using big words. We're using big words. Okay. But what you do is you do see turnover. You do see a massive amount of trades. And so when you see an individual like Harden that, that gets out of the way to allow a young Maxi to come out here and really, um, as he's grown, really be able to show exactly what he can do. Yeah. What you do is you see a difference in the result. And the result is, is everybody thought the Celtics, everybody thought, um, it was going to be Giannis and, um, and, and my man who just got traded there. Dane time. Dane So, Lizard. so, so. We'll, see, look, we'll, we, 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 it's too early for us to be it's not too early for all that. But we've been drinking a little bit. But so when you sit over here and have the opportunity to go from, uh, we all thought it was going to be, uh, Giannis and, and Damon Litter. We all thought it was going to be the Celtics and that nice, uh, uh, Triplet, Nuclear, uh, yeah, yeah they, they have a, a monster teams. starting five. And, and, and what you realize is everybody gave up on the Sixers. And so when you give up on the Sixers, and then what you see is a young stallion stepping up. Mm-hmm. And, and now, you know, we're very early. We're talking about eight, nine games into the season. Mm-hmm. But that that team is looking like they're clicking. The 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 subtraction of Harden. Yeah is actually an addition to this team. Yes. And that can happen many, many times. And what we're seeing is an addition of Harden to another team might not have helped that team. And we talked about this last week. Last week, I felt that Harden might be the, a missing link that that Clippers team could use to sit over and propel themselves to the next level, at least in the regular season. Yeah. But what we've seen since Harden has just begun playing, they're 0-3. So what are your thought processes of the trade now? We talked about the trade and what it could be. You know be. what's interesting? Now we've had a chance to see what the trade is. What do you think? It's interesting because um, Philly, what Philly also got is that they got Nicholas Batum, they got Morris. The, this other guy, I can't, I can't remember his name, but nevertheless, they got three dudes out of the deals for, to transition Harden to, uh, I thought you meant they got four. four. One, one is on the bench, but yeah, you mentioned the main individual. But, but they were all like serviceable role mm-hmm. players. Mm-hmm. And you did that to get yourself a superstar. And James Harden is still, uh, considered by, you know, the NBA league as, as a superstar talent. But in my estimation, he is a, it's hard to say this because he's a Hall of Fame caliber talent. And he, his, his statistics will probably put him, not even probably, he'll be, he'll be in, he'll the, be Hall in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But he is a losing player. Correct. And so, all you really did was is that you now put him into the mix. It, it's so funny with the Clippers. It's like I always say as a as a resident Laker fan is that the Clippers, they love to clop. And then the Clippers, are, but they're clopping early because they got James Harden now. And now you've taken all of the, the equity and the investment and the uh, production that you have seen from Westbrook. And now you have complicated it. Or you, convoluted. Yes. Yes, you, you've convoluted you, the waters. So now there isn't a rhythm. Now, 
Paul George doesn't know if he's supposed to be the scoring threat. If is he supposed to defer? He doesn't. He's trying to be nice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kawhi, uh, you know, who's sometime me in terms of am I injured? Am I not injured? He's also deferring, and then you've taken away a lot of the cohesiveness and the nuance of that team from the previous year because they don't have rotation guys that are coming in and they're not let's say known for defense and James Harden sure as hell ain't known for defense so then you bring him in and if he's not playing at a his hall of fame level right out the gate you're gonna look real average and they've been boobopped and they've been below average and I love it as a Laker fan I love it I'm like as a previous clip of ball boy, I don't. Yeah. And, and this is what I see. I saw a Clipper team that was playing above average prior to Harden. Mm. And and really what I'm trying to differentiate, what I'm trying to figure out is, is the addition to Harden a subtraction for the team or is these just growing pains? Because that's what we have to figure out right now. Now, yeah. if they've gone 0-3 since Harden has been activated and actually playing. Sure. And so 0-3 can be looked at as – Growing pains. But what I'm scared of is what if we go 0 and 6? Then, then you have a, 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 a catatomic explosive event in the team because now you have a quote unquote superstar individual that has proven himself. When you go 0 and 6, you've proven yourself as not being a good fit for the team. And does the team have the, 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 the recollection, the, 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 the long term vision to sit over and say, okay, this ain't working. Let's sit over here and transition. Or are they going to try to force a fix? And then what happens is then you might go two for 12. Well, and just because you won a couple games doesn't mean that you sit over and fixed it. You follow what I'm saying? I do. I do. I don't think that they're going to be that bad because if you look at their early, let's say the next five games, they have probably eh, somewhere around three or four games that are very winnable for them. Are uh, winnable games are what we're looking for, or are we looking to, with the addition of Harden, to win games that they normally would have been tough games before? So there could still be tough games, but was Harden that piece to help give them over the hump? Or, because we're seeing them lose games that they shouldn't have lost. And so that's the concern. So if they win winnable games and they win two of them in the next 12 games, or excuse me, in the next uh, eight games, does that make them, okay, this is the right choice? Or are they just winning games that they should have won? Well, see, and then here's where I'm going to disagree with you. I think that they should have lost to, like they just lost to Dallas. I think that the Clippers traditionally lose to Dallas because – uh, Luca has their number and he gets real excited every time he plays them. And it was a the Dallas home game. So they were supposed to get boobop. The previous game to that, they, they lost to the Lakers and Lakers have, they, they were 11 and 0, uh, beating the Lakers. So just by statistics, uh, the law of averages, you, you knew that, uh, LeBron was going to treat that game like it was the finals and he did. <laughs> and, and, you know, and he brought them home and, right. and, and Anthony Davis and so on and so forth. So those two losses out of the, let's say the three or four were kind of, in my estimation, really expected whether or not they made this trade or not. The thing that you really have to say about James Harden is, is this, the rotation. So now you're talking about you're going to ramrod him in into the starting lineup and then, you know, your bench. You have depleted your bench significantly. So from Ty Lu, Ty Lu has just really uh, been given a headache because now he has 
uh, uh, basically four out of the five starters are Supreme Hall of Famers, but can they gel? Because any um, team that is championship worthy, they also understand that, that, that everybody has to play a role. So there has to be somebody who's just like, I'm here to just get the rebounds and play defense. I'm here to be the assist guy. I'm here to be the 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 straw that stirs the drink. And then I'm the ones that the enforcer on scoring. And you've got guys that have done everything for their team. James Harden traditionally has done everything for his team. Mm-hmm. Westbrook has traditionally done everything for his team. Same thing that we said for Paul George and, and Kawhi. So when you got all of them there and it's just the Clippers need to get back to what makes them successful which is this is Kawhi's team Mm -hmm. Kawhi needs to be the guy who averages somewhere around 30 and Paul George needs to be the guy who averages somewhere between 25 to 30 Mm -hmm. and the rest of you guys just need to fill in and when you take the Nicholas Batum's and the Morris's out of the equation Mm -hmm. and then you put place a, a a supreme talent like James Harden in there who basically needs the ball to be dominant, to be impactful and be a playmaker. So now you got two point guards. But that wasn't always his role. I can remember back in the day with OKC and originally when we went to Houston is he would sit over and be able to catch and shoot. What he refuses to do now is catch and shoot because he's fallen in love with actually holding the ball and dribbling. That's what made him a Hall of Famer, right? But what made him coveted was that he could sit over here and play the role within a, a team like OKC to sit over here and he was part of the call. That's what made him special. When he went to Houston, okay, he was with a boo-boo team that allowed him to be that great, but they didn't win. And so right now is he has to figure out, do I want to win? Do I want to be known as the Charles Barkley of this generation that that is known as being very good but never winning, or does he want to be known as a as an individual that's going to do what he needs to do to help his team win? That's a choice that he's going to have to make. I agree, and you know what? It's very interesting about the today's superstars because what you're really talking about is, you know, back in the day, you know, there was guys like um, Bob McAdoo, mm-hmm. Michael Thompson, even. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's you can talk about guys. There's a plethora just, of players there's a plethora. that knew their role. Yeah, and mm-hmm. but what they did is that late in their careers, they just said, "Okay, Without I, that, yes. I've I've won the awards, mm-hmm. I've won mm-hmm. the scoring titles, mm-hmm. I've done all these things. I want to be a part of a championship uh, team, and and now it's time for me to uh, win the ring." It, Rice, you know, mm-hmm. did, did this with the Lakers too. I know mm-hmm. I'm giving yes. a lot of guys that are reference to the Lakers, but you know, quite frankly, we've won a lot of championships. <laughs> so the the reality is is that they have all fallen in line with saying i'm going to just play a role and will james harden be the guy who says i will just say forget my stats i let me just play a role for the sake of winning the game on this team can i play a role and i don't tyloo has a has a, a really a hard road to hoe because it's not just egos it's just do these guys have the right mindset and attitude to say we're going to win a championship by hell or high water? And, and am I going to habit, sacrifice? Changing habit ain't easy. And so what I will say is you said something very, very interesting. It's about the person that, that stirs the, the, the drink. And so I actually want to move on from them because, you know, the Clippers are going to clop. They're going to do what they I do. I know. 
But 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 I what I will tell you is is that there's really a team out there that is emerging that none of us thought there was going to be a team to emerge, and that was the Houston Rockets. And they yeah. have a player that is literally he is the, the the stirrer of that team, and that he's playing probably the best basketball he's ever played, and that's with Dylan and the Houston Rockets. So talk to me a little bit about how you feel about the Houston. Okay, Rockets. Okay, so that's interesting. Uh, I, I wouldn't pick him per se. So I, I think he's a part of that component of why they're doing I, I, well. I, I don't disagree. I think he is a, a part of it. He absolutely best is. best basketball he's played. Yeah, but so the the thing that the the Rockets did that was the number one acquisition that made them relevant and made them legitimate is uh, hiring Uduko, uh Ime Uduko. Coaches mean. That Something it, in this it, motherfucker. It's not even so much that yes, they were boo, but they didn't. They didn't play defense and they didn't care about defense. But you have the same uh, outside of Van Fleet, which was, was a, mm-hmm. a really big acquisition mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. You have you have Jalen Green mm-hmm. basically stepping up and being the scorer that they needed him to be, but he's playing defense. You have Van Fleet, who's won a championship. Who you now have brought that attitude to the team. You have a Jalen Smith who is really a versatile, like up and coming big man. And then you got, I think it's Sengun, which is also, he was kind of often injured for them. So he added to their, their like win loss ratio because he was sometimes on, sometimes off because mm-hmm. of all the injuries that happened to him. But he's a very versatile big man. And then, you know, they got Tate on their team. They're coming off the bench. It's kind of like being that six man. And they're all young. They're all young gazelles. Mm-hmm. And they're, they are hungry because they're listening to a guy who took the Boston Celtics to the finals. What Hall of Famer do they have on that team? None. But there are not. none. There so are there are no Hall of Famer, but what well, do they at least, have? At least that we don't know. We, we don't know at this point. But, but what they do have is they have a rock-solid coach. And it's, that shows you Agreed. how in this league, in the NBA, how coaching can sit over here and bring together a group of talent that all they have is ambition, all they have is energy, all they have is want youth, to. them young legs. Youth. Yeah, shit. Them, yeah. Those we young legs. We can't ever negate how important youth is in the NBA when you're running up and down the court for 82 as much as 110 mm-hmm. games a, 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 a year. How much youth is important. But when you have a coach that can coalesce and bring all that together. Oh, there goes another big word. Coalesce. <laughs> Look, we educating people today. Hey, okay. I still remember my SAT words. Oh man, you know this dude. But but okay, go yeah. ahead. I, I, I just think I just think that's so important. I'm so impressed with, with with how the coaches sit over here and brought this team into not prominence. I don't think they're in any danger of winning the championship. But what I do know is that now they're frisky. Now they sit over they're dangerous. here and they're, they're dangerous. They're in the mix. They you can know, sit they just fuck beat. off a team that's on the cusp. Yeah, we just talked, let's say, last week, right? We talked about, uh, and, and I really professed about uh, OKC. Well, they just beat OKC. Mm-hmm. They they just whooped them. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I should say whooped them. They won the game. They got in that ass. They, they won the game. And a so win is a win. Th- there's a lot of parity in the West, and I, I, I got to say, you know, they're they're like, Low key, uh, uh, a dark horse. You you may need to pay attention to the Rockets because they have all of the intangibles. They have talent at every position. Is 
probably going maybe five, six deep mm-hmm. easily. Mm-hmm. And they're well coached. They have a proven coach Mm -hmm. and they're caring about defense for the first time in since probably Elijah won. This is probably the first time that they care about defense. Now, here's what Twist says. Week one, I talked about how Detroit was up and coming team. We see that they've they've lost eight in a row. So I I, I choose. Has it been? Oh, my God. They're two and eight in. It's, it's been ugly. Oh, and it's man. making me look bad. But at the end of the day, is what I will say is um, we have the opportunity for a team that we didn't expect to be there that could possibly be there. And mm. we got to sit over here and look long-term. Again, we're only nine, ten games in. Where are we going to be at 40 games in? So, you yeah, know, it's we're, very we're, early, we're trying right? to project. It's very early. We're trying to project. But what we're trying to do is identify before everybody else does, before the record does, who is going to be that team that jumps out. And I think Houston can be the team. I, 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 only thing I can say to you is, is I agree. There's a lot of parity in the West. Uh, the East is, uh, I think more clearly defined in that, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to pick. Anywhere between Milwaukee, Boston, and and Philly, mm-hmm. right? Like that to me is is the bottom three or the top three, mm-hmm. and then it, it could be anything. It could be New York. It be it could be a lot of other mm-hmm. guys after mm-hmm. that. But mm-hmm. those are very clear defined. Mm-hmm. The West is like a smorgasbord. It is. Mm-hmm. And then here goes me with the big word. Okay, it, it is. It, it it's. <laughs> Who knows? Because right. it, it, there's there's so many like evenly talented, touted teams that it's really about who gets the rhythm and who gets the rhythm for the longest stint. And you know what? Houston is in that mix. They they have proven that they are in there. I think they beat they also beat New Orleans, right? So mm-hmm. New Orleans is like a lot of people's favorite of a, like a dark horse. They beat it was New our Orleans. favorite in the in the yeah. first week, but they, they haven't beat New quite gotten there. Right. Yeah, so it's like, okay, they're there. Now, okay, so we're talking a lot about, okay, the, the West. And so here's another West team, and we've watched the league, and we've seen that there's a lot of hype around a one particular guy, and I don't know if I agree with it, but I want to oppose this to you. So Minnesota, Anthony Edwards. There's been a lot of hype talking about. I've even seen in social media and some of the newsreels that they're talking about, oh, he's the next Michael Jordan and we'll do what? We're seeing do that you, aggressively. Do, do, what is your opinion about him? Well, before we go to him, let's talk about the team. And again, um, I want to reference a, a football uh, comment. And a, and, a, and a coach named Bill Parcells stood over and said, you are what your record is. Mm. We are looking at a team that is up and coming that none of us saw coming. And here's where the twist is. And, and the biggest reason why they're there is because of Anthony Edwards. Now, there has been a tremendous amount of hoopla in, in, in overall media that this is the next Jordan. And, and what are they talking about here? They're not talking about um, this being the greatest scorer. We're not ta- they're not talking about this being the greatest defender. Mm-hmm. What they're talking about is an individual with a well-rounded game that has the, the, the heart, the fortitude, the fire in his belly to go out there and go win for a franchise like the Timberwolves. Yeah. Jimmy Butler sits over here and had that same grit 
mm. that we saw that that we we're singing Anthony Edwards, and guess what? He's in Minneapolis. He's not in a big market. Yeah, yeah. He's but, in the snow town. But, but right. this dude is something special. And you don't sit over here and get tagged with that in that market because you're not. So I'm gonna sit over and say Michael Jordan did it day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, season in, season season mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. But guess what? He didn't do it like that initially. And so it's a crescendo. It's a growth to that point. And sure. we might be watching this individual growing to the point to where he is that type of individual. If you maybe get a sure one other piece or put him with a with another team, I don't know, I'm not talking I'm not advocating getting him off of Minnesota because I think that team needs this individual and I think he can be great being on that particular team. You know what's interesting is uh, Minnesota has always been the proverbial bridesmaid their entire existence. Since KG. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that what I see in him is KG is a, is a great example. Uh, Kevin Garnett had that fire in his belly and he, uh, he just happened to run into an era to where he went up against Shaq and Kobe mm-hmm. and there was no way in hell that he was going to beat Shaq and Kobe. Mm-hmm. And it was really unfortunate because he was a monster. So months of his uh, career that showed a phenomenal, uh, obviously Hall of Fame level player got uh, trivialized. I wouldn't say wasted, but it got trivialized it by got the trivialized, fact yes. that he would never get past the monster that and was. And he wasn't. And he wasn't. That's why I'm saying yeah. if, you, if you take this individual from that team and put him on a team like Miami, right. imagine him with Jimmy Butler. Oh, of Imagine course. him with a LeBron. It I, was his game disagree. motherfucking over. I don't agree. disagree. So, so to your point of where you bring it up, Ed, so Edwards has the same, uh, like, say, it's a cliche, but we say the dog mentality. Mm-hmm. He has that dog or, or they're the Timberwolves. It may be a wolf. He has the wolf <laughs> mentality is that he is by hell or high water going to be the guy who's going to say, damn it, we're going to win and you're not going to stop me. And when we need a bucket right now, right here in this moment, He's gonna get it. I'm going to get it mm-hmm. and you can't stop me. I don't care if you know what I'm going to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. It, bottom line, he's going to get it mm-hmm. and he's proving that. Mm-hmm. Now, what I don't like about the the social media is that now that they're trying to say is they need, they want to compare him to the greats immediately. No, Michael Jordan led the league in scoring damn near every year that the the Bulls were marginal. He also was first team all defense. He was also probably one of the most efficient players in his youth that ever existed. He was on a different plane than many of them. I, But I will say is that it's very evident that Edwards has the fight in him. He has that uh, that dog. Let that me wolf ask you this: you name me, sure. a, you name me a great player that wasn't compared to a previous great. Yeah, I just don't like the Michael Jordan part. It's like, come on, like 
I I would even I would even you say know why it. you don't like the Michael Jordan part is because we came from an era we were seventies babies for those of you that don't know I know we look young and sexy but we came yes way down from the seventies <laughs> you understand what I'm saying yeah so no, real talk, real the talk. people that are making that statement didn't they didn't they didn't they didn't have an opportunity to see Michael Jordan live there are going to be people twenty years from now that never got a chance to see LeBron live. Yeah. And they're, yeah. they're going to sit over and say, some motherfucker back then is as great as LeBron. Yeah. But if you didn't have a chance to see a 6'9 motherfucker go through the middle and you couldn't do nothing with him. Yeah. So my point is, is that people that are making that statement probably didn't have an opportunity, weren't yeah. old enough it, to see it, Michael it, Jordan it play. Seems, it seems very trivial. And, well, yeah. Correct. Just like Oscar Robinson for our era. Yeah. We didn't sit over here and think Oscar Robinson was all that, but guess what? He was a bad motherfucker. There, there's a there's a threshold when you start talking about superstars and comparing superstars. But, because, but, but by generation. Yes, and so my point is, is that when they say that, what I do understand is, is that they're not making that comparison because of nothing. This dude is special. Yes. We need to start treating him as special. We need to start talking about him as special. Maybe not quite as Wimbiana, but we need to start saying this dude, Anthony Edwards, is somebody special. And guess what? He's probably not going to be in Minneapolis five years from now or three years from now. And when he gets traded to a team into a, a, a greater market than Minnesota, we're going to have an opportunity to see somebody special. Okay. Look, at the end of the day, this is the thing. The league has, in terms of their rules, has softened. Mm -hmm. And these guys are exploiting it, himself included. Mm -hmm. The When you start doing these comparisons to the guys of the past, you know, the 80s, more or less the 90s, which is the Michael Jordan era, there was still an element of, of hard fouls and toughness that has been – uh, removed from the league by and large. I think that Edwards is just proving that I can be the guy that in the clutch I can deliver and hit shots. And he's proven that. I don't think that he's Michael Jordan level. No. But he No, I don't want to even guy. say no. We don't know. But 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 I want to say he's, this. He's a he's a legitimate guy. We talked a little bit about magic and and that greatness, you know. And we talked a little bit about LeBron in terms of in conjunction with greatness. Um one of my greatest concerns is is I don't know fuck how great LeBron is. I don't know if this Laker team Uh oh. Now, see, you're and, going to get personal. And, yeah, and I'm going to have to take a sip now. It's, it's, oh, it's no, not just personal to you. Enough. It's personal to me. Okay. You know, I, I, I love the Lakers. Grew up with the Lakers. This is my team. I'm from L.A., just like you are. We've grown up with this team. I love LeBron because uh, he's from Akron, and, and we have lineage from, from, from Akron. And, you know, I, I, I love LeBron. But let me tell you something. When I look at this Laker team, I just don't know if they have the ability to give, get over the hump. I just uh, don't know. I think they I, need another player. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they do not. They will not represent the, the, the West in the finals. 
I'm going to say that definitively. So what you're telling me is, is no matter what they do, no, so they got Anthony Edwards, they're not going to the finals? Well, uh, it, it barring trade. How oh, about that? You better put barring, the caveat. There, there you better put the caveat there. And barring the trade. And, yes. and, and, and when I say by barring trade is the, 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 the buzz is, is like Zach Levine. Yeah. yeah. So I like that. I like that. You know, we talked about last week. You said the crazy shit. You don't want Kyrie. And I had to bless you and sit over here and absolve you of all no. your shit. We, well, yeah, we have it on tape. I had to bless you. You spoke <laughs> in tongues okay. because you knew you that was asinine. I, I, I you said you don't want with the yes. Did I say that? Okay. All right. But all right. Levine is that next individual that I think that. Uh, as much as Potential, we think we need see, another but, shooter, we need another big man because AD might, he might know, have vision nuts to sit over here and compare with this. Since, so, since we're know. talking about, since we're talking about the Lakers, right? What I would just simply say is to me, it's more about Reeves. Okay. The, the Reeves, uh, lack of production is going to tell the tale for the Lakers. Uh, coupled with the obvious, it's not that he's boo boo. He's, he's a good player, but when you on the playoff stage say, I am him, I am him. Guess what, buddy? You gotta be him. Well, you gotta be this, that dude. This is my, this is my, um, this is my retort to that. When you say, I am him on the playoff, on the playoffs. Yeah, when we uh, played play panel, yeah, which I and, loved. And, and, yes. and so there is a, a, a an adjustment. There is a, a change, a, an emphasis yes. on a motherfucker that wasn't on him before. Correct. So so the twist is is that he's not a different motherfucker. He's just being emphasized more than he's ever had before. I, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Look, we hear uh, b-ball talk mm -hmm. on a different plane oh, yes, than, than, than most, mm -hmm. right? So here's the thing. Um, it, it, it's even been said in, in some of these, uh, you know, the, the talk radio or the talk, the TV shows that we see. Mm -hmm. It's like there's a difference when you're on the scouting report. Okay. There's a difference. Correct. And so when the, when you got guys that are paying attention to you and what I've seen with from Reeves is he is not, he's now hesitant. You, you can't be the guy who says, I am him, and then over dribble or not basically understand when your shot is there. Because, listen, you're going to have to be the person who needs to orchestrate offense. So that means if you're coming off of a screen, you need to make a decision immediately. You need to be saying, I'm going to shoot it right here in this spot. Or I'm going to drive right here at this spot. And I see that that Reeves is kind of like hesitating and waiting. This is when motherfucker get paid and he sits over and says, you know what? I got paid, so my skill set is is risen. Yeah, And but, the reality is that's not the case. But, you know, but basketball, the game is cruel and glorious. So Ooh. the bottom line with, with Reeves, what he needs to understand is, is that he needs to have – a uh, uh, Larry Bird mentality. You know, I, they, they just showed on TV, mm -hmm. uh, Larry Bird getting in, into it with, uh, uh, Dr. J. And Dr. J was probably at the end of his career, right? 
And Larry he's Bird grabbed him by the throat. And he grabbed him by the throat. Then Moses Malone came on him and gave him and like gave two, him two pieces and a biscuit. Yeah, two pieces of biscuit. But one of the things that I loved about Larry Bird in that instance is Larry Bird was like, fuck all of y'all. I'm about to I'm gonna I'm not done. I'll be the lone white boy in this room and I will say two middle (laughs) fingers up to everybody and I'm gonna whoop your ass again. And you know, there has to be some semblance. Guess who that was? That was Caruso. Caruso used to do that. Now he's doing that for the bulls. Yeah, so so now you know quite frankly, the um the 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 non-colored person in the room who does that is probably (laughs) like Luca. Luca is probably the closest thing to a guy who has that that level of gangster. And what you really want is you want Reeves to just have that little bit of carefreeness and that bit of uh, assertiveness. Because you can right. be gangster. It's like he's scared. Like, oh, I'd be that gangster, and they're gonna let me get beat up in this moment. No, but LeBron trusts him. AD trusts him. So, so know that. And don't and, and don't do step it. past your role. Don't step step past your role. He had a role that he was willing and comfortable with before he got paid. Just because you got paid for doing that role doesn't mean that now you need to yeah, assume look, more. He he did just do the same motherfucking role, and that's more of my twist. Is. Okay, so I agree and disagree because what his role is mm-hmm. when you start talking about the Lakers being legitimate mm-hmm. is his role is he needs to be a scoring threat mm-hmm. all the time, all the every time, every time. But you cannot do that when you're not, when you're going above and beyond what you really you're comfortable with. When he's doing well, get more, comfortable, motherfucker. No, but when you're doing more than what you can actually capable of doing. Then you actually lower your threshold of being able to be a scoring prowess. Yeah. Because you're, you're doing more. Now here's where a twist is, is that when we sit over here and we look at this game. Where's the twist, TA? Well, the twist is, is we're going into the <laughs> NBA, uh, mids, they call it the mid-season tournament. I call it yeah. the NBA cup. You know, for the Lakers to be prevalent in this, for, for anybody to be prevalent in this, everybody needs to know their rules to get to Vegas. Okay. And Here's the thing that I want to talk about. Man, this NBA Cup, right? So I, last week I was saying is it might have been a gimmick. It, 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 it was a little bit uh, – I was unsure about even the rules, right. about what the, what the hell are we even doing? Right. Why are we going to Vegas and so on and so forth? Right. But it's been exciting, man. You know, we've seen the, 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 the color changes on the courts and all of that stuff, right? And it seems as though, from a player perspective, that they care about it, you mm-hmm. know? Even my Lakers. they the, My Lakers beat Phoenix. I think they, the only reason they beat Phoenix is because it was for the for the cup. Right. So what are your opinions about this? So, the, so the, here's the, my the, thing. For my, for my corporate life, right, in my corporate world, in my corporate life, um, outside and above and beyond what we do here. Um, I was a leader of people. Yes. And when you lead people, right, there has to be that proverbial carrot. And that proverbial carrot was some type of incentive, some type of, um, extraordinary, um, um, 
a goal, uh, and, 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 and that made people to, achievement, to, yeah, right, an extraordinary achievement. And so, I, that's always been extremely effective. And so, what I perceive the in season tournament or what we call the NBA Cup unequivocally is that uh, proverbial carrot. And so what I found and what I see when I'm watching these games is that it has nothing to do with the court and being all fancy and all cute. It has nothing to do with the jerseys that being all interesting and being cute. It has something to do with just simply winning. And mm. what people figure, forget about is that winning is a unbelievable motivator. And so what the NBA Cup does, just like it does in the premier soccer league is it brings an environment it it, it actually um imposes an environment of competition yes and so that's what's needed I, I in a new game adam Again, silver got it right then but what this does is provide and um infuses into the season something to fight for mm. now is it personal for the players unequivocally they can make a half a million dollars that's a new bentley for them Mm. But what it is, is again, when you talk about, I don't give a fuck what it is. If it's a Twinkie, go win it. Mm. These players are playing for something to win for. So I absolutely love the cup. Here's what the big question is. is I thought Oklahoma uh, for the season was going to be um, one of those fast rising teams. And I don't think that they're not going to be mm. on the season, but. What's unfortunate is, is in this cup, they're 0-2. It's just like, and so here's what the challenge of the cup is, is when you go 0-2, really, what's your motivation? Other well, than, other than I, I, I got to have enough heart tonight to just go 0-4 in the whole, uh, whole yeah. cup. Yeah, so, so what Adam Silver was really trying to say at the end of the day is, we need to care about these middle games. We need to care mm -hmm. yes. from a league perspective. We need mm -hmm. to care from an individual franchise mm -hmm. perspective yes. about these middle games. And so he's trying to stimulate that through this cup. And I think that, you know what? Even though I thought it was gimmicky as hell. But guess where they got but it from? It's, but he's right. We do need to sit over here and answer the question on an 82-game season. Me on how you sit over here and make it work because here's what Twist says we can be the major league baseball that doesn't do that, that sits over and does the same thing. And they've gone from America's game to the third, if not the fourth, under hockey because they chose not to sit over here and do something about a, a long and an elongated season. So, yeah, uh, what, what, what I'm happy about is that we are. A couple weeks in to an alternative to a an answer to that problem, and we don't answer it in two weeks. What we do answer it is is by coming up with ideas on how to improve. Oh man, the middle can of the somebody season. hire you for corporate America? Because well, you, hey, you know, you if the NBA uh, was smart, they would hire me. Lord knows that you know you know this game and you know the corporate America now. That being said, I, just talking about the league and the, them making this decision, right? Um, before I even give my retort, big word, big word, big word. Before I give my retort, I would just say, in terms of you talking about you being a Clipper ball boy, I gotta give a shout out. I gotta give a shout out to, uh, 
Benoit Benjamin, Danny Manning, <laughs> uh, Ron Harper, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, uh, uh, Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson, yeah. that's, oh, that's my crew. That's oh, all my yeah. crew. That's yeah, all. Yeah. When I was in Baltimore, that was my crew. Woo, woo, Clippers. You still clapped, though. You still clapped. Okay, here we but, go. <laughs> here we but, go. but they were good, though. They were good. And you know, they went to the playoffs, right? Look, you know y'all was right. in the LA, you know, they went to the playoffs, right? Yeah, and lost. Yeah. And I got to put it with a tuh on it. With a tuh. They lost tuh. Mm-hmm. But they, but they got there and you know, and they were, they were really good and sexy. And so, okay. I'm going to give that little homage. So the Clippers won the end season tournament. Clippers would have won the end season tournament then. Back then. That's where the question is. Is the individual who wins this end season tournament, is there not respect to be put on their name? The the, the interesting thing and the reason why I always say it's gimmicky is because every uh, athlete Mm -hmm. that is a basketball player plays for the NBA championship, Mm -hmm. period. End of story. Mm-hmm. The European guys, the uh, American guys, the anybody who is of ilk, they play for the NBA championship. That said, mm-hmm. I think that Silver is a genius. At the end of the day, what I will say is that the early returns are is that we're paying attention. Correct. And, and I gotta give a round of applause to the 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 tournament because it means something, and I think we care about it. And and at the end of the day, we all know this is business, and that the the NBA is redoing their contracts to sit over and make this something that they can sell to the individual outlets, whether it's streaming or cable. But 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 how they're able to do that and sell that is because you have people that want to compete. Okay. So summing it up, I would just say you're right. And that's okay. why they that's did it. I love to hear every single time. Oh yeah, of course. Of course you did. <laughs> but you, you know they they, they want they the the league wants to get more fire out of their players because when you have million dollar players it's very difficult to get athletes to care mm-hmm. and so i what i would give kudos to is that the league has tried to provide an environment to where players should care so let me ask you a question you love the lakers who has a who has a statue in front of the Staples Center, which is now the Crypto Center? Crypto.com uh, Center. Who has a statue out there? That's Lakers? That's anybody. Who okay. has a statue out there? Okay. Uh, uh, Kobe. No, Kobe is going to get one. Kobe doesn't have one yet? No, it's going to happen. Okay. I, I would say Magic. Magic has one? Of course. Magic has an uh, actual statue out there. Of course. Okay, who else? Uh, uh, Kareem, Shaq. Kareem has one. Skyhook. Okay. Who else? Uh, Jerry West. Jerry West. Uh, Jerry West has a statue out there. I know he has a logo, but uh, Jerry West has a statue out there. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else have a statue out there? It meant Chick Hearn. Which one of those individuals have a museum? Ooh. Now, bar. (laughs) (laughs) Is it fair to say my museum is a little bit more 
gravitas than a statue. I mean, a statue is important. It's important. It's, it's phenomenal. But my man LeBron James, mm. that he bought. <laughs> I okay. gotta say it. Okay. I gotta say that, 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 it for, that, the, for the record. Hey, for the record, that's for what the you're record. A hater. Listen, LeBron James. There are some individuals that have a statue. There are other individuals that have a museum. Yeah. And then when well, you say that he bought, I, I I love I love the museum. I love the idea of the museum, and I think that LeBron James is worthy. Listen, LeBron. Having a museum is a bar. We are going to go as a tandem, and we're going to do a show. Oh man! From the LeBron Akron. See, he just dropped one on us. I just just dropped one. I just dunked it. Oh, we're going to go to Akron. We're going (laughs) to the roots. (laughs) To the roots. We're going to our roots, and we're going to go sit over here and see the museum. Just sit over here, okay? And all the individuals know. Oh my! Levels to this deal. Okay. Well, damn. We, do we need a ching on that? Because oh, okay. With that know. being said, church on the move. Oh, on the move. Hey, LeBron James Museum. Okay. Here it goes, America. NBA on the move. NBA on the move. On the move at the bar. At the bar. Ah.